the talk of champions. He's Tyler Watts of the Watts Agency. More on what he does when he's not talking Alabama football. But let's jump right into it. South Florida this week, but a loss for Alabama this past week. We'll break it down 18 different ways. Brought to you by our friends at Lance'sLock.com, Roback.com, and, of course, MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. But uh, for me, it started on the offensive and defensive line. You're the guy that's played the game. You're the analyst on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. First thing that went wrong for Alabama was? Well, let's start with what went right. All right, first oh, we're going to go right we're, first. Okay. We're going to go right, wrong, and then right again at okay. the end. Because you've got to end every right. conversation okay. positively. Offensive line came out the gates real strong. Moved that line of scrimmage. You would have thought there in the halfway through the first quarter, Alabama was going to run for 200-plus yards. I mean, they were really exploding off, getting a helmet on a helmet, moving guys around, had a lot of productive plays. Um, it all flipped, though, after the interception. It was a bad interception. What went wrong? There's about 15 things that probably went wrong over the course of that game. Texas is a good football team. Let, let's, that's, I think, point A that you have to take away from everything. It's a good opponent that you played. Texas played not flawless, but they didn't make any catastrophic mistakes, and Alabama did. And that ended up being the difference in the ballgame. Now, the, the two turnovers, obviously, were horrible. Uh, there's no way that you can have you know, one-on-one coverage out there and throw it into coverage. When it's a clean field of vision, your arm didn't get hit, it's not clustered up, you just can't have that, and especially where you are on the field. Uh, both of them, you're backed up against the goal line, so to speak. You're around the 20-yard line coming out. You, you can't turn the ball over in that area. Can't turn it over going in. You really can't turn it over in the middle of the field either, so there's really no good place to turn the ball over. <laughs> Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over is what you're saying. So then as the course of the game goes on, you have Texas that starts making some adjustments. They're really playing heavy with bringing the safety down, that number 11. He was coming down heavy, and, and, and honestly, Alabama was trying to run some zone read stuff, and they were trying to get Milrow, I think, on the back end if, if the run play wasn't there. Texas was funneling everything to where the backs were. They were bringing down the safety hard, so there was no way that he could pull the ball out. And even when he did, it was a one-on-one, and that safety was right there at the line of scrimmage to make the tackle. So it was, it was a good game plan by Texas. Yeah. They really forced our hand. We didn't have any, any answers, so to speak. And, and, uh, well, let me break that down real quick because you're saying it got heavy. That means they're walking a lot of hats up into the up around the line, right? And, and the way you beat that is what? You throw the ball, right? you got to throw it over the top of You them? can, and typically what Alabama would have done in past years is run a lot of RPOs and things of that nature where you still have the threat of the run handing the ball off. But if those guys start creeping down, then you can throw a little slant or something behind them. But um, for whatever, I don't know if that's not incorporated in a part of the game of, of what they do in their repertoire right now, if that has something to do with the fact that they've been so committed to trying to run the ball as, as, as much as they do up front, that they're just not, that's not a part of their game plan. Maybe you think you can get that with Milrow in a one-on-one situation out the back end versus a safety. But you got to come up with some sort of solution because template has been laid. I'm not saying that other teams are going to have the personnel that Texas did to be able to do that because they're not. It's a big defensive box that Texas has, and they can control a lot of things with six guys in the box. But other guys are going to try it too, and you've got to have some answers. Okay, I'm gonna, i got 18 questions from you guys and me we're going to get to. Let me tell you about our friends at MyBookie, mybookie.ag. That cash-out system is still in play. Two legs of a parlay. You don't really feel good about the third one. You want to go ahead and take your money and run. You can do that or hang around for the bigger payout on that third leg. Uh, use the promo code next round. Next round for that. You get $50 off. Uh, excuse me. You get $200 
up to $200 cash benefit for a $50 deposit or more right there at mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag, code next round, and that'll help you, mybookie.ag. Um, I want to go first on the offensive line, really starting to set its tone early in that contest, and then it sort of went away after the interception, you said. Is that when, at first in a game, maybe their coach and their defensive minds were sitting there going, well, let's see what we can do with this number in the box against their offensive line. And at that point when they saw that they couldn't control it, is that when they started to get heavy in the box and walk more people up to offer, and that's when they were able to slow the Alabama run down a bit? Well, you think about this, and I think everyone even coming into the season would have said, let's take away the run and let's see if four can beat us. Right. Let's see if, he's, if he can read coverage. Let's see if the receivers are good enough to create separation. And after a series or two, you kind of get a good gauge of, especially when your players come off the field and they're telling you, I got this guy. Yeah. Or it's a handful. You know, I need a little bit of help. Um, that could have come into play also with you being a little bit more aggressive. Because, listen, defense is honestly, in the, in the first series or two, very conservative. They don't know what the, what's about to get thrown at them. They want to keep everything in front, not make a big mistake, and then start making adjustments off of how they see the game going. Is there a lot of conversation like, between coaches and players? Like you're walking off the field first series, second series, and you have DBs literally saying to coaches, oh, I got my guy. You don't have to worry about me. I don't need as much help. Does that happen? 100% of the time. Yeah. And it's 100% of the time they're going, I got this guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to own him today. You're never going to see a DB say, Boy, this guy's more than I can handle. Unless he just got thrown on up and down the field on him. Very confident group of guys, though. So, yeah, yeah I, and you want to see that eagerness. And the line play, obviously, is also going to have a lot of conversations of what, what they're seeing, what they're feeling, what they're experiencing up front that, that can, and I'm not going to say it's greatly going to alter, but it might adjust one or two things of, of more how to work together on certain plays. You're not going to change plays but maybe how you attack those certain plays. Um, Michael and several people sent questions in. One of the questions that we got from our viewers that they wanted you to address is, as a quarterback, when the offensive line is setting the pocket, protecting you, do you have a place you need to be in the pocket, or can you sort of drift? I don't, I don't think the word's happy, happy feet, but if you start drifting – uh, out of a, a place, do you, at some point, do you compromise your protection by not really staying where you need to stay in the pocket? And did you see that from Milrow any of the other night? I didn't see it from him. I saw us getting beat on the edge a couple of times and getting some pressure coming across the front. That took away the ability to step up. Quarterback does have to be in a certain area. Area. But then he has freedom of movement within that space, depending on what is going on with the five guys around him or the six guys when you start adding a running back. So he has to be able to move around in that, and that's what the defense is doing. They understand where the, where the quarterback is going to be. They don't want to run past it because you, you, you're not in the play anymore. They want to force you to a certain area and then try to collapse it in on you. Um, my personal opinion is that Jalen needs to read one, two, three, or whatever the progression is, half field, whatever it is that he's being taught to do, and then be quicker to attack the defense with his legs. He has to recognize if there is any space, I need to pressure him. Texas tried to start spying him at a time because they were concerned about that. I think a couple of times he was able to burn him for, for some big yards, and they started spying him. But that spying linebacker, he wasn't near quick enough. And we even got Christian Miller on the horn because he had had to do that a couple of times in his career. And he said it's, it's next to impossible for a defender unless you're just a second faster than the guy that you're having to spy to cover an entire width of the field. 
when he breaks it down. So those are things though, that Jalen needs to improve on. Don't turn the ball over. Recognize what the defense is doing. And if it's not there, use your legs. Right. Well, you are a guy that I think was tabbed as more of a running quarterback than a throwing quarterback. And I mean that as a compliment, not an insult. We do have a history where I insult you a lot. But I think uh, when I think of you, I think of you as a running quarterback. Is that an insult? And do, do you think for Jalen Milrow that sometimes if you're a quarterback like that and you try to prove to people, I can throw the football too, I'm not a running quarterback? And did a little bit of that maybe play into this game? You know, honestly, I think 20 years ago that was a stigma that a lot of people wanted to stay away from, a lot of quarterbacks especially. But in today's game, especially what's happened at the NFL, who cares? I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. I don't care really how I do it. And, and you're seeing more and more guys at the next level that are dual threat. And that is truly what has become. It's, it's not a dig at anybody. He has the best, in my opinion, he throws a good deep ball. Sometimes it's a little bit too flat, but he throws a relatively good deep ball. He's got a strong arm. Uh, he struggles a little bit the 15, 20 yard and in with some touch passes or maybe putting exactly where it needs to be. But, man, he is explosive and he is talented and he needs to just take the abilities that he has and put them forth and utilize them. More questions from you guys right after you tell us about the Watts Agency, what the Watts Agency can do for all of our viewers and listeners. It's a, it's a hectic, chaotic time in the insurance world right now. Insurance companies are losing rate, or losing money, rather, and as a result, they're raising rates on everybody. It's a good time for you to shop your small business, home, auto insurance. And we've got eight very, very competent agents standing by now at 205-822-5477 that can ha handle and answer any insurance questions that you have. Wow, eight agents. One of the fastest growing agencies in the state, Damn, man. I like that. Eight agents? <laughs> I added three. And right now, finding employees is tough, but we've added three people here in the last couple of months, yeah. and we're looking for more. All four- and five-star recruits. I won't tell them which one I think is a four-star recruit, but uh, right there with the Watts agency, really good. I, 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 I want to go back to the interception early in the game. And I know you – did you ever throw an interception before I insult you here? Did you ever throw an interception? I threw one or two. One or two. When a quarterback throws an interception, does the offensive coordinator at that point get a little bit more cautious in play calling with his quarterback? Because that was another common uh, thought I had in the questions when I asked for people to DM me some questions. They were like, it looked like play calling after that interception early in the game um, – they almost were not trusting him to make certain plays anymore. Does that happen? Do you lose, lose trust uh, with your coaches sometimes? All right, so my only offensive coordinator obligations or whatever were was sixth grade football one year, a couple years ago. I've never been at the level that Tommy Reese is calling plays at. No, to answer your question, the short is no and yes. It's not something that at that moment you start adjusting and altering how you're attacking the defense. However... If it's something that you've seen throughout fall camp, poor decision-making, something you've seen that week, it definitely may, may have an impact on you trying to dumb things down or, or clarify and simplify them uh, because you've got a talented guy. But if it's complicated to him, how do you simplify it for him? And maybe it is a couple more heavy play action, one and two route reads versus what Peyton Manning would be out there doing, reading four and five receivers. Yeah, I... But if you're going to do that, then pull the guy. If yeah. you don't trust him, you have to pull it. So I'm going to lean more towards, no, it cannot alter you. Otherwise, that's not the guy that should be in the game. Other people talking about, re, you know, with experience, I think, comes the ability to be faster at anything. 
you know, this job, insurance claims, anything, the longer you've done it, the easier it comes to you. Right. you Reps create experience. That's right. And, you know, it did seem like, you know, compared to the four guys who came before him, he was making decisions just a tad slower the other night. Um, that just is a rep thing, right? A recognition thing. Yeah. The ball could come out quicker in some instances. Um, the but, see, one- but with the second interception, I felt like it was play action, boom, I throw and get quick. And quick isn't always good because it, it was quick into coverage. That was not a good one because Texas <laughs> brought the house. You basically have what, five guys in the secondary. You got a receiver on either side. That's two. You got a cornerback on either side. That's four. And you have a safety in the middle. And I, my recollection was it was a safety that came over and made that interception. That read as a, it might have been a linebacker, but it could not have been a cleaner field of vision. That was that was the cleanest look that he had all night to be able to to see everything going on in the secondary, and that was a peripheral vision thing. You just didn't see the see the guy, and that that is concerning. That's yeah. that's very concerning. Yeah, I'm, I'm using uh, and, and I'm going to say this here: Alabama didn't lose the game to me because of Jalen Milrose. So I, I just asked you guys because you you play quarterback. I was asking all the quarterback questions there. Let's talk about some other things that that didn't go perfect for this for this team in the first night. And then we'll always end on a positive. We'll talk about special teams, which was fantastic, and some other things, and the atmosphere. But first, I want to remind you, Roback.com brings you this show, Roback.com. Promo code TNR20 gets you 20% off your first order, Roback.com. Great gear. Hoodie season is coming up. they got the best hoodies out there, Roback.com. TNR20 is the promo code to save 20%. Um, Were you surprised at the deep balls that got beat? that beat the Alabama secondary. Secondary? Couple, well, yeah. it's twofold. He didn't have, uh, Quinn Ears did not have one grass stain on his britches all night long. And you have got to put pressure on a quarterback and force him to the ground. Make him feel it. And the quarterbacks are willing to stand in there in the pocket and deliver a pass, even taking pressure if they're completing them. But over and over and over, it does start to get you a little hesitant. And we didn't really adjust his, affect his throwing much at all. And when we were able to get up in his grill a little bit, apply a little pressure he was throwing off his back foot that's when the errant throws were coming but we just didn't do it enough Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin who we will play next week are the two best that I have seen at drawing up where they want the ball to go and against who whenever they want to it seems like they're the the two best at it they have a lot of little, little motions prior to the snap that tip off exactly what the defense is about to do they can get guys in the right place. They'll put a tight end on the edge. They'll put a running back on the edge to try to get those faster guys on safeties versus off corners. They're very good at creating the, the mismatches that they want and then taking advantage of it. We talked about this last week. doesn't matter what Quinn Ewers did in that first week. 0-7 on the deep pass didn't matter. We saw him light up this Alabama secondary last season. And some guys in big games, they just perform better. They just really do. When, when the lights are on and everything's out there, and that's when they step up and they're at their best. And, and, and he had a pretty doggone good night. He really did. And it, you can start getting momentum when you're not getting knocked around a bit. But he's got really good receivers, too. And some of those catches those guys made, including Xavier Worthy on that first touchdown catch, where he basically launched. It looked like a, a punt the way it came out of his hand. It was eye level with where we were sitting. Yeah. He threw a moonshot that was, I know I got one-on-one coverage and there's nobody else out here but these two guys. I'm going to throw it as far and as high as I can and let him adjust to it, which is brilliant. I mean, I, there's no telling how many times he heard that last week. 
just throw it as high as you can and let him adjust to it. And he was able to. Yeah, but but I know you're a quarterback. You may disagree with me here. Um, good throw, maybe. Unbelievable. World-class catch. I mean, that catch is unbelievable. The throw the throw is a throw. I mean, it was 44 yards. He threw it up in the sky. It was like a punt. You think that's all there's to it? Well, I'm just saying. He just threw it. And it was coming to earth. The other guy adjusted from 27 yards with somebody tagging him and basically caught a punt running away from him at, at full speed. A world-class catch, one of the top catches of the year. And that was week two. May not see a better catch the rest of the year. It was an unbelievable catch. Okay. You don't disagree? Well, I'm not agreeing or I'm not disagreeing. I mean, well, you, I'm not going to go, I don't know, the, the th- throw Valentine's. I'm not saying the throw is, I'm not in love with him because of it, like you are. The throw seemed to be lucky. It seemed like a lucky throw. Oh, my throw. God, he threw a catchable ball, though. He threw a stinking catchable ball, which is something he struggled with so many times in his career and what his biggest criticism was. Yeah. The catch, though. Wow. All right, wow. fine. You drool all over Worthy all you want to. I'm not going to. It was a good catch. Unbelievable catch. Lanceslock.com for all the good plays this weekend. Lanceslock.com to get in there. That includes a play on uh, USF South Florida as they play host to Alabama down in Tampa. We'll uh, look ahead at the Bulls and uh, a lot more on this Alabama team uh, in just a second. But let's put um, in the rear view uh, the loss to Texas, and we'll end on some positive notes. Well, uh, two things. Okay. Two things we've got to talk about because I know everyone's talking about negatives. The, the negatives. Oh, we got to all the negatives. No, there are more negatives? There, there's always more negatives. Oh, no. Okay, what is it? Got to be more consistent up front. Got to throw, yeah. throw more accurate passes. That's part of the two uh, touchdowns that were called back. Caden Proctor gets called for a hold. He doesn't make that holding call. Milrow gets sacked. Moot point, my opinion. Okay, okay. fine. So, he, in he, other he, words, he's either holding or it's a, it's a penalty, or if he doesn't hold, it's a loss it's or a loss. turnover. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Makes, right. Great, makes great sense. And then the other one, come on. I mean, you, you scramble around for five, six seconds. You got two linemen that are downfield, yeah. and you're a running quarterback. And, and at one point, I think he literally tucked and then pulled the ball back. At that point, you can't blame no. the offensive linemen. And, and, and They're they going to go try to make a play. They are. And they were five yards downfield. They lost sight of where the line of scrimmage was. And I know for a fact Ole Miss runs their offensive linemen 10 yards downfield in those RPOs. Yeah. They never get called. It's just never not, get called. The world is not fair. <laughs> um, there were eight other penalties other than that, though. And on the flip side, a couple of those, too. If you're beat deep in the college rules, it's better to grab and hold on to the receiver than to give yes. up a touchdown, right? Yes. Unfortunately, on one of those where Arnold did hold on, thinking or actually it was incidental contact is what he was claiming. And it, and it very well may have been. But it stunk because he had safety help and it was an uncatchable ball because we were able to get pressure on the quarterback. He had to throw it early. It's either going to be an incomplete or interception. Instead, it's a 15-yard gain. Two plays later, they score. Yeah, two plays later, Look, they score. Look, it all came down to penalties, turnovers, and chunk plays that we gave up. I hadn't charted it. How many times, though, did we have them on third and eight, third and ten, and we were unable to not only get off the field, but gave up a 30-yard gain. All night long. Seemed I, that way, didn't it? Yeah. First first half, it just seemed like, boy, it's third down again. Yeah. And they, they get the first down. Third and that's down what again, I gauge every – when people say, well, how, what do you think is going on this game? How do you, What's your feel for the game? I always look at how difficult, how hard is it for an offense to move the football? How hard are they having to work to move the football? And we were doing it the old school way. Three, four yards, play action here, you know, eight, ten, twelve – play drives in order to get our points and they were doing it in three or four plays yeah so so it's almost like it doesn't really matter where you have them the 
possibility of them have, hitting an explosive play is pretty doggone high. Yeah, four one one drive was four plays, seventy five yards, and and that was an answering drive after an Alabama score. Um, so those are the negatives. The Let's pot, put it behind us. The, the, got to, got to. One of the things that is good, a positive, is that it was week two and it wasn't a conference game. So everything that you, uh, as Nick Saban said afterwards and multiple times this week, the future is now. Yeah. Everything's still in front of this team. And, and you've been around teams like this. You've seen Alabama do it several times, four times for a national championship. Um, when you, you can bounce back from a loss and good things can still happen in the season. You can if you, you approach it the correct way. If you humble yourself, you truly take note of where you made mistakes, what you did wrong, and you're able to improve on it. I've heard multiple people say this, and it's so true. Every mistake that was made is correctable. It is. It is. And more, more mistakes are going to be made. This week versus South Florida, there's going to be mistakes made. How do you overcome it at the time? How do you rally around each other? And how do you get the most out of your ability and what you're capable of doing? These guys are coached up well. Coaches hadn't forgotten how to coach. Uh, players hadn't forgotten how to play. Still a talented group. Everything does remain in front of them. They've just got to focus. Focus on the execution. That's ultimately what all this comes down to is the execution of the play. You were part of, um, of a quarterback switch back and forth during your career. You and Andrew Zow, good friends. And y'all, y'all would switch back and forth in the middle of games or game to game, week to week. Um, how tough is it going into this week with South Florida that uh, there have been discussions of Tyler Buckner maybe getting a few snaps with the ones in, in practice. You've had to look over your shoulder before. Can that be distracting? It or can it be, be motivating? It can be both. It, it depends on the personality of the player and how competitive they are. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. The guy that starts worrying about his performance and is concerned about executing immediately or making a big play immediately, pressing the issue immediately, is, is going to make a mistake. And if he starts looking over his shoulder worried about what the other guys do and are pulling against him out there on the field, that's not, that's not healthy. That's not good. But if he takes it as a challenge and he's going to go out there and make the most of his opportunity and really get after it, it can make him a better really elevate him. Uh, Jacob Coker went through the same thing. He was the starter at the beginning of the season, lost it, and then got it back. And he got it back in a challenging circumstance in Tuscaloosa versus Ole Miss back there in 2015. Yep is when it was, and, and um, he played a great game. And from that day on, because of his competitive nature and the fact that the team rallied around him because he didn't quit, he didn't give up, they were able to do something special. I told Jake Coker one time he reminded me of Tyler Watts. Oh, Lord have mercy. He, he just grinned ear to ear, didn't he? <laughs> he did, he did. Um, and then we were playing golf one time, and uh, he had like a short little putt, and um, he was not on my team uh, for the for the skin in that one hole. And I... Uh, and everyone was like, oh, Jacob's got this one. I was like, I don't know. It's not as easy as turning around, handing it off to Derrick Henry. It's got a little break to it. He didn't appreciate not that. Not he didn't. Didn't appreciate that at all. Uh, we do appreciate our friends at MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. Also, Roback.com. Uh, next round is the promo code with MyBookie.ag to get all the great benefits you get from being a listener. TNR20 at Roback.com. Lance'sLock.com for all your plays. And the Watts Agency, as we continue our conversation, tell us again about the Watts Agency. Full service insurance agency. We specialize in personal lines, home, auto, life insurance, small commercial as well. 
uh, have a licensed agent that can do bonding and all. So any of your insurance needs, please give us a call, 205-822-5477, or go to TylerWattsInsurance.com. TylerWattsInsurance.com. Now I want to say one more thing before we move on to one more positive thing. Okay. This is, well, well, this is important. This may be what I'm about to say. All right, then I'm going to back off. Okay. The special teams for this team was unbelievable. Uh, the place kicking and the punting uh, was tremendous in this game for Alabama. In a big game setting like that, I thought uh, Burnup and, and Riker was spot on. Take away the turnovers, the points off of turnovers. This game comes down to one possession. And just like last year, that could have been the difference in the ballgame had we been able to utilize them, but it was a moot point. But yeah. you, you like to have them. You'd much prefer have them than not have them. Yeah. Alabama's found out that how many games have they lost over the last 10 years. Oh, however many they've lost, it's all been because of special some, teams. Some missed kicks, some points left out there. Yeah. What was your positive? What was the other one? I get to look on your okay. that face that, that it was well, not. The, the one takeaway, and, and we're all critical on the quarterback and easily so because it's the most obvious, well, if this doesn't happen, they don't get the points. That's the difference in the ballgame. One thing in the post game that I love to hear out, out of Coach Saban was, he was asked a question. You were probably there. You remember it. Did you consider taking Milrow out of the game? I thought it was the most surprising answer I've ever heard from Nick Saban. Really? Yep. Because he admitted to it? Yep. Because he admitted that he thought about it? Yep. How about that? Okay. But he was honest. He was honest. Some coaches are not. No, they're not. Yep. But I love, but I like the response not of the fact that he considered it, but that he looked at his quarterback and his quarterback wasn't done competing and immediately went out there after a couple of mistakes and put an impressive drive together. He got after it. So I haven't lost confidence in Jalen Milrow because Jalen Milrow hadn't lost confidence in himself. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, this is the talk of champions. Um, in South Florida is next down in Tampa, professional stadium. Don't know what kind of the crowd will be, 2.30 national television. Um, are you, if you're a player... And I think you lost a game or two. The next game, are, are you? Do you wish it was a? Do you wish it was? Do you wish it was an I SEC? Mean, why couldn't opponent? it just been you lost? You've lost a game before. You've you had, lost. You okay. had to. You had to put in there or two or you know maybe <laughs> maybe maybe eight. I don't know. You're, sometimes you're on some losing teams. That are, no. But but would you rather have uh, an SEC opponent this week, or are you thankful that it's a it's a challenging road game against a What's the roster that's been? not as good. Fair enough. And for me to, me and you to sit here and have this conversation, it's great that they're playing them. Right. If I'm in that building, I don't care who I'm playing. And the message all week long has been it doesn't matter. I've been telling you that every single week as long as you've been here. doesn't matter who your opponent is. If you're not executing and doing what you're being asked and coached up to do, it's irrelevant who you're playing against because you're going to get beat. It doesn't matter this week. And I think it's good and hopefully the players are taking that attitude on of we don't really care because it, it can't affect our preparation. cannot affect it because if it does, then the, then the problem's internal still, and nothing's ever going to get better. I, I think a lot of people expected Nick Saban to be angry or blow up in his postgame news conference, but what I've seen over the years from him when the team needs to be leveled back down that's when he's at his fieriest and maybe angriest looking to the media in the news conferences and interviews. And he almost sort of pounds, the, pounds them back down to that competitive, perfect spot. And this was a coach that seemed to be lifting up the team post-game the other day to try to get them up to that part, a little, little good cop, bad cop. Did you see that in him? Always. I mean, his job is to, to put reality back into the equation. 
And the reality is, is that when this team's on cloud nine, there's still things to improve on because it could change at a flip of a dime. And right now when they're in the gutter, they're still a lot better than what we all perceive them when the, when the clock hit zero at the end of the fourth quarter. Still a good football team. Yeah. And, and he is that guy that has to bring them back and make them focus on X, Y, and Z occurs. What we just experienced doesn't happen. And if X, Y, Z does not occur moving forward, we're going to experience it again. So let's just focus on that. Man, the atmosphere was so good over there. It was there. great. Yeah. It was great. And it was unfortunate. I hated the fact that every the crowd, the crowd wanted to be in that game so bad. They wanted to be a part of it. And every time they got an opportunity, Texas responded. And it was like, oh, back. We're, we're not going to be able to influence this game like we were hoping to. Yeah. It was a really, really good job by the Alabama fans. That's the talk of champions. Watts Agency, TylerWattsInsurance.com. Uh, Lance'sLock.com, Roback.com, and MyBookie.ag. We'll do it again next week, hopefully after a win over South Florida, and then getting ready to defend Elaine Kiffin offense, whose quarterback Jackson Dart's hot. And they'll come to town with a running game and a receiving core. Good preparation here, though. The, the, the pace of the offense, making sure the communication is where it needs to be. All this lines up as we go into SEC play next week versus Ole Miss. So it'll be, it'll be a good uh, test for this football team. All right. This is usually where we uh, throw our Cokes and Golden Flake chips away in the old coaches show. Because yeah. you ate them? Yeah, because we ate them. We got to we got to start popping cokes for this. We'll uh, start them up. That's uh, talk of champions. He's Tyler Watts, and we'll see you next week.